I didn't go to the new salon. So in my head, I was freaking out. Yeah, I was I like, it. is this the right decision? Like I had a lot of time to sit on this and have a lot of buyer's remorse. Yeah, kinda. did I just fuck my whole life Yeah, up? did no. I just flush it down the toilet? Um, but then like after three days of working, I was like, this is the best decision I ever made, you know? Beauty Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I have a super special guest today with me, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know him because I've slowly got to know him through other friends of mine. We work nearby, but this is Lucas, and I honestly, like, I've just been fascinated by you, your work, and everything about you. You're kind of like a mysterious, <laughs> random, cool, oh my god, he does hair, and he's all tatted, and he's fitness, and he's kind of good looking, and all the ladies like him. Like, tell me everything, Lucas. Um... Yeah, I mean, I try. I I just want to do hood rat stuff with my friends. Yeah, really, see, and then to. there's that. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I hairdresser, educator, now like kind of salon owner. Like, all the things. I, I just try and do all the things and see what sticks. You know. But you do it with such ease, and I feel like it's just like who you are, which is very cool to watch because I think some people in our industry. You know, maybe it's it's it feels more of a forced thing. I feel like for me, when I got into the industry, um, I kind of had to find my voice in it. I started so young. I didn't really know who I was. And like growing into who I am as a hairdresser is one thing. But I feel like like you are who you are through and through. Has this always been the Lucas, the guy we see right now? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I think for me, I was always I was always the weird kid. Ah. I was always the kid doing weird stuff with my own hair. Like I had my cousin make it like blonde and chocolate and cherry at the same time. I was like, this is sweet. Yes. You know? And I was always the kid like just wearing weird clothes. And I was like wearing giant no doubt t-shirts to my knees. Yes. And like thought I was cool. And I, I don't know. I just always kind of like did my own thing and didn't really care what people thought. And, you know, I, I fell into hairdressing by peer pressure. Mm. Like I had friends that were hairdressers and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, if you flip through my yearbook and were like least likely to be a hairdresser, it would be <laughs> Lucas, you know? So I, I fell into that and, and fell in love with it. And yeah. I fell in love with the industry and like being able to be yourself and be expressive. And, and I, I'm at a young age, just stopped caring what people thought. And I felt like hairdressing like allowed me to just really fall into that. Yeah. And, and try everything, you know, education to hairdressing to running a salon to traveling to doing all these things. So I just said yes to every opportunity and then kind of just got me to like do these things. So where you are now, which yeah. is a new salon owner, which congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank so you. So yeah. cool. So we were talking before uh, we hit play or record on this about like his journey real quick because we are just coming off of the pandemic. It's mid September right now while we're recording this. I'm not sure when it'll come out to see to you guys, but. So much crazy stuff has happened, and yeah, we yeah. we're gonna talk about that. But the exciting news is, you know, sometimes when you feel like shit's just so hard, there's a silver lining, and your silver lining. Let's just like backtrack from the latest greatest thing that just happened, which is you guys coming together, getting the salon space. Can you tell us like how this happened and yeah, how you knew you were ready to take this space on? I, I think it's like my dad always told me, like you'll never be ready for any big change in your life, mm. and he's like. If you wait till you're ready, you'll never be ready. So true. So kind of what happened is uh, an existing salon was there and the owner was moving out of state and reached out to us and was like, hey, I'm moving out of state. Like, oh. I want to, like, make sure that someone takes this over and, like, continues this journey and creation of what she wants it to be. So we talked a little bit about it, you know, fi finances and kind of the vision of what she wanted. She wanted to create something educational and Clinton and I so we're like, dude, this is a sick idea. Like, how much money you got? How much money you got? How much money can we get, you know? And we were able to kind of wrangle up some stuff, and, and we made it happen. We took it over, like, right when you couldn't work. So August 1st, we took it over, which nobody was working from August to September. That was the second closure. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't work. You couldn't work in a salon. So we took it over, and it was so scary because – like we don't know when you'll be able to work again we don't know if you'll ever be able to work again but or, or like we used to let's full send and put all our eggs in one basket <laughs> and see what happens you know so we planted these seeds and we're just like all right take over august 1st let's rip everything apart and create a space that we're proud of and mm -hmm. clinton and his wife owned a salon small salon space 
like a Sola, and it's called Citizen Salon. So they shut that one down, moved everything over to the new space. We got all new furniture painted. That's like it's a new space, and a lot of long days and late nights and early mornings, and created this cool space. And then they're like, "You can open," and we're like, "What? We never thought this day would come, and this fast." So we had to just gun it all together, and and now they're cruising. We got a team there working, and it's just it's doing well. They're busy. They're just crushing it. So That's- I couldn't be happier. That's incredible. That makes my heart so happy that out of such shitty times, like good stuff is happening yeah. to good people. And because you guys were, I would say ready, like you didn't maybe think you were ready, but like, it feels like you've been priming yourself for this. Like he kind of had a salon with his wife already. So he got a taste yeah. of like salon ownership. You've been working at a really awesome salon with someone who just opened as well. So kind of yeah. watching what she went through and I'm sure, you know, talking to all your friends that own salons or have been do- done what you're, you're doing. And and now, like, look what came out of it. Yeah, it's... Uh, Even I, though you're saying you weren't ready, I feel like you, like, didn't know, but you were. Like, yeah. the universe was like, yeah, here you are, actually. Yeah. I kind of, like, evolved, and I was like, oh, okay, here, here we go. Here we go. And, but I think what's so cool is I was able to, you know, my, my time in the industry, I've been done education, I've worked behind the chair, I've traveled, I've done a lot of different things. Yeah. Er, almost everything, photo shoots, video shoots, anything you could think of, I've tried it. And some of it I love, and I keep doing it, and some of it I don't, and I don't do anymore. And the one piece that I haven't done is owned a salon. Mm. So I felt like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. Was that so, ever on the radar? No, no. no. And I, Were you actually me, opposite? Were you actually like, I'm never going to own yes. a salon? Okay. I, I feel like that happens to people. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah. You know? And I don't think I could do it by myself. You know, I don't think it's something that's the right fit for me. I think some people do it really well. Mm-hmm. They run a great ship and a great team and they can maintain that culture and that environment. And yeah. that's so admirable to me that like, I'm like man you're so good at that i don't i don't feel like i'm that good at it but i think i could get good at it so it's it's a journey it's a learning experience as much for them as it is for me and yeah. so it's it's exciting terrifying but exciting i get so that. it's it's definitely fun though because we get to create something we're proud of or we get to create an environment that we want people to be a part of that clients want to come and enjoy so it's definitely a fun process but it's taxing for yes. sure well, all good things pay off. I promise you that. Like, yeah. this was no easy task to open this place either, but I have not for one second regretted it in yeah. any way. Um, okay, so let's go back. So you were saying in high school you were the least likely to be voted to be a hairdresser. How did you <laughs> go from that, which I'm never going to open a salon, but now you own a salon. Yeah. I'm never going to be a hairdresser. So how did you even go to school, or how did you so jump it's, in? So it's kind of funny. I, I had basically every job you can think of. I worked at an auto body shop. I worked at an after-school program for kids. I operated heavy machinery in a rock quarry like oh Fred God. Flintstone where they're blowing up hillsides yeah. and I'm in a giant tractor doing stuff. Um, you know, I, I sold rocks. I worked in construction. I worked in small business network support. I did everything, everything. And I was going to Cal State San Marcos for an mm-hmm. art degree. And I was okay. like, oh, I'm going to pursue art and creative. This is like cool. I get draw and stuff. And I took some time off and I'm like, well, I'm going to take time off and tour with my friend's band. Like, you want to be our tour manager? I was like, yeah, sure. I don't know. Like, whatever. You know, what do I got to do? Like, drive a van and collect money? Like, oh, it's easy. Yeah, I'll do that. So it was like a fun thing. Like, six dudes living in a van for like a month no, driving across yeah. the country. Just How old were you guys? Oh, I was probably 19. Okay, that like, does sound fun at 19. Definitely fun, but also super irresponsible things happen. Yeah. I will not mention it. That should be in your, in your memoir. Chapter well, that's where, two. Yeah. That's where that comes out. Um, so I came back and we finished tour and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I got to finish my degree, you know? So, and, and as like hairdressers know, we think our job's the best yeah. right now. And if anybody's like at this like turning point in their life, I'm like, you should go to hair school. It's awesome. You know, like forget that, like do this. So I had friends, I had, uh, my friend's older brother, my friend's uncle that like were hairdressers and they're like, you wow. should go to hair school. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Where did you grow up? Uh, North of San Diego. In okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they're like, you should do this. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And eventually I kind of like started throwing the idea around that like I could go to hair school for a year roughly and I could get a job as a hairdresser. I could make decent money, flexible hours and finish my degree. So I I looked at it as like a stepping stone Mm -hmm. to get me Mm -hmm. through college. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And so I moved to Colorado because my friend's parents owned the school. Oh, wow. So I relocated to go to beauty school and First week through school, I walk into the director's office. I'm like, I made the wrong decision. Like, I am terrible. Like, 
I'm the kid that got the round brush stuck in the hair, yeah. cut it out. Yeah. Worst oh, student God. that ever went through the Who school. Who puts a brush in your hand the first week? I don't know. No, I don't know. Let's not go to that school. I couldn't braid. I couldn't do anything because yeah, we... I grew up with a single dad. So I was like, I knew nothing about hair. First time I saw a round brush was in beauty school. Yeah. Yeah. So I was terrible. And so I literally had this conversation with the director of the school every week. Like, I think I made the wrong decision. I'll just answer the phone. Please let me quit. I could yeah. do that. Yeah. Like, he's like, let's talk next week. Let's talk next week. Literally, we had this conversation 52 times. And then I finished beauty school. But there was a turning point kind of midway where I thought, like, you know, if I don't give this 100%, I'm going to feel like I just, like, didn't try. Yeah. So... I was like, all right, I'm going to buy every educational DVD I can get my hands on. Mm -hmm. I didn't care who made it, what was on it. I was like, I'm watching 30 minutes a day. I'd wake up early. I'd make my bowl of cereal. I'd watch 30 minutes of something hair-related every morning, and then I'd go to hair school. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to do that to catch up with the rest of the people that were like, felt like so, were so far ahead of me. And so I finished school. I'm like, just going to try really hard. And I got a job at like a prestigious salon here in San Diego, worked there for a long time and then kind of ventured out and found the right fit for me after that. And I mean, looking back, it was a wild journey and super challenging. I, mm -hmm. I always excelled at traditional school and then I got into hair school and I was like, this is hard, like this sucks. Yeah. And to this day, the director of the school, if I go back and teach, he's like, this is the worst student that ever went to our school. <laughs> Just so you guys know, like it's real. Like I was real terrible. Um, but now I'm thankful that I went through those hardships because now I wouldn't, I couldn't see myself doing anything else now, mm. which is odd to say because I never even originally thought I'd ever do hair. Yeah. So to look now and say like, I don't want a different job. I don't want to be a part of a different industry. Mm -hmm. I feel like I found my people and yeah. I found the stuff and I'm in, you know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Totally. But yeah, I love that. Wild, wild journey. Not, not planned. That's no, that's amazing because I feel like a, a lot of people, and this is one of like my usually at the towards the end questions that I bring up, but like there's like a so many myths about our industry or so many like you know things that people think of us or think of the hair industry or the beauty industry as not being a real career, not being a real job, not something you can make actual money at. Nobody takes it seriously. I don't know how many people I've had conversations with about you know my parents wanted me to get a real degree before I was allowed to go to beauty school yeah. or. It was totally, I, my mom even was like, I'll pay for you to go to medical school, but I'm not paying for you to go to beauty school. I'm like, one's 8,000 and one's 100,000. She's yeah. like, yeah, no. I'm like, what? So I, that was my whole thing was I was going to go to beauty school until I finished college and then got a real job. Um, but luckily I landed at a really amazing place. I think we came yeah. from the same place and just seeing that culture and that community, even though so many of us were so different, mm -hmm. we could be whoever we wanted. And the cool yeah. thing was you could show up every day as a different person if you wanted to. Like one day I could be preppy Jess and the next day I could have dry my hair purple. And they did say, we hired you to be the normal one. That's when I quickly realized I don't want to be the fucking normal one. Yeah. And I was like, that's from the tattoo. And like, I was like, I want to be whoever I want to be. And like finding your people that resonates so hard with me because you can be externally different, but at the core of like creatives and like who we are, I think there's so yeah. many of us that like the second we start talking about hair, it's just, we light up. Yeah. There's some some common ground there, yeah. and I think I agree. It's like the island of misfit toys. Like yeah. everybody's going to be a hairdresser. We yeah. all we all are so unique and don't fit in anywhere else except for here. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's that comfort zone, and those that's the community, and that's the industry I want to be a part of. It's all inclusive. You know, it's yes. for everyone. Yes. And I mean, I'm thankful for that because I don't know if I could get a job. Oh my god, he could. He just built his whole salon. Out. He could get a fucking job. He just sold his ninety-seven. Like a handyman. He just yeah, a handyman that also will wash your hair after you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I could do that. Um, so how has it been going to a, a smaller salon space from the bigger salon? Because that was something I struggled with, and I didn't really have too many people I could talk to about that. So I would love to like pick your brain about how you knew you were ready to change spaces, yeah. and how you chose the salon you ended up at. You know, that's a very good question. I mean, changing salons and changing environments for me was one of the scariest decisions I ever made in my entire career. For sure. And I've been in the hair industry for 10 years now, and I got a job straight out of school at a very prestigious, well-known salon because at that time, I was like, that's it. That's that, it. Those people are doing what I want to do. They have the reputation I want. They're cool. They have a presence. They got like a crew. They yep. got a vibe. And I was like, that's sick. Like, I want to be that. You yes. Know? So I did everything I could to get to be a part of that team, and I was. Um, worked in the salon for about eight years, and you know, I think that over time, for us as hairdressers in the industry and as people as we grow, 
of what we want out of our career so changes yeah. you know just like we change as individuals right and i think what i wanted out of my career my quality of life and my lifestyle and kind of my professional personal life like i wanted something that didn't exist there mm-hmm. um so for me i felt like slowly over time it became to not feel like the right fit anymore so then I started thinking like, okay, I have friends that have gone out and opened salons and spaces and have smaller environments. And I'm like, like, is it cool? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, to, How do you like, like be it? real. Yeah. Like, I want to know, like, don't sugarcoat it. Tell me it's cool if it's not. Like, yeah. be real. Like, and every one of them is like, it's the best decision I ever made. Like, I wish I would have done it sooner. And that's all I ever hear. Mm-hmm. And I think when you go from working for someone to working for yourself, it's definitely a scary leap because you go from an employee to like essentially your business owner yeah and to me that was so scary because i had this comfort zone of eight years of clientele and being like and just showing up and leaving yeah Yeah. like clock in clock out peace you know and so to take that leap was really scary but after talking to people that had done it or were doing it or in the process of doing it or have done it in the past you know they said nothing but positive things they're like it's very different but definitely the best decision and i'm like okay well shoot Maybe I need to think about that. And so I talked to my friends and they're like, you know what? I know some people that are opening a space. Like you should talk to them. I think you could, you know, be a great team player to them, you know, a great person to be a part of the, the environment. And I'm like, okay, so I reach out. Hey, I heard you guys are doing this. Like, what's the deal? Like break it down for me. And I, ha- I hadn't told my existing salon that I was leaving because we all know in the hair industry, nine times out of 10, if you tell somebody you're thinking about leaving, you're gone. Boom. Like, yeah usually usually um so i'm like okay i'm exploring my options right i'm like looking at the menu seeing what i'm gonna order yeah and you did your due diligence yeah i I decided that like you know what this could be the right fit because it was a newer salon you know i could help create stuff and be a part of the team and and see it from beginning like birth you know so i'm like okay i think i'm gonna do it and in my mind i had this like timeline set up and stuff like this and um Eventually, I just hit a point where I'm like, yeah, that's the right fit. And then I went into work and I was like, I'm not coming back next week. And they were like, okay. And I was so scared because I had a lot of work travel, like education travel between. Mm. So I had a week of not being in the salon. So when I left, I had a week off. So that entire week, I didn't go to the new salon. So in my head, I was freaking out. I was like is this the right decision? Like I had a lot of time to sit on this and have a lot of buyer's remorse. Yeah. Kinda. Did I just fuck my whole life? Yeah. Up? Did no. I just flush it down the toilet? Um, but then like after three days of work and I was like, this is the best decision I ever made, you know? And for me, it was, it was more about looking at what was important to me and like being selfish to an extent, which mm. is really hard for me. Yeah. And to look at like, okay, what do I want? What do I need? What's important to me? And like making that leap and that change, allowed me to kind of prioritize a lot of different things in my life that I wanted to shift attention to. Um, and yeah, it was scary as all hell. Um, but I've been doing it now for almost two years. Like mm. we'll roll into two years soon and wow, no regrets at all. I mean, I think for me it was, like I said, it was scary. Yeah. And you don't have a safety net. Like you do, but you don't realize it. Right. You're like, well, my clients follow me. You know, what, how will I pay my bills? Like what's going to happen? All of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then after a week, I was like, this was the right move. That's so good. Well, and I'm sure so many people are listening right now who are feeling stuck in a place or thinking they want to change or maybe have been in the game eight, 10 years and they've outgrown the space they're in. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be in an environment where something has gone wrong for you to feel like you've outgrown a space. It's like relationships or friendships or anything, but especially your work environment. Sometimes you just need to change to be able to keep growing in in your creative, you know, spirit. But um, yeah, I think across the board, I feel like most people have that same like appreciation for once they leave. And I feel like you take your business even more serious because it's you, it's all on you. Yeah. Like no one, no one's looking out for you anymore other than you. It's like you put on a heavier backpack. Yeah. And like, but it's easier to carry because it's yours. Yeah. You're not worried. It's your stuff. It's your stuff. Yeah. And I think, um, nothing is permanent. I think I, I had to realize that the salon I started in was never going to be the salon I ended in, Mm. you know? And I think for me, I I was like, Oh God, like I've worked there since I started doing hair. Wow. And, you know, there's a lot of things that resonate with me. And one of them is like, nothing good ever comes from your comfort zone. Mm -mm. 
And I know that's just like the worst best saying. Yeah, your comfort zone will kill you. And I'm like, I no, I want to be like, comfortable though. Why, why yeah. can't I be comfortable? Yeah, there's so many things that revolve around the idea of a comfort zone. And I was like looking to grow mine. I was like, I wanted to have a comfort zone so big that nothing was uncomfortable. Mm. So taking that's that That's a different leap, way to look at it. I like that. Yeah, I'm trying okay. to grow my comfort zone. Okay, I'm not yeah. trying to step outside of it. Yeah. I'm trying to make my zone bigger. <laughs> you just change the, see, a change of perspective. It. Yeah, I like and that. And I think for me, like taking that leap was like, definitely one of the most uncomfortable things I did but yeah. now I know I did it I could do it again if I had to yeah well it's like you build that muscle and you build that proof within you that yeah. like I can do big things big hard things yeah I made it through that and even if it hadn't worked out like you still would have figured something out yeah that's just what we were people are yeah. res- you're more resilient than we give ourselves credit for yeah um that's so cool and th- he actually works for a really good friend of mine too so they's just down the street which is awesome yeah. so Locked I was over. I was stoked when I found out that you were going over to the salon space with them because um you know, I, I highly respect her and the team and everyone there. I pretty yeah. much know everybody. So you, you did end up in a really good space. Yeah, definitely. I love all the girls I work with. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's funny because a lot of them are like, is it weird working with all girls? I'm like, I'm a straight dude hairdresser in the hair industry. Like, <laughs> You're all fucking all, awesome. I was like, I work with girls all the time. It's not like a new thing. Right. It didn't just happen. Right. You know? uh, like, that's awesome. Okay, so... How did, when, when you were at the other salon, the big salon, did you do, did you do education for them or how did you branch out with your partner? You guys have your own education academy. How did that yeah. transpire? So, um, that's an interesting question. How did, how did varsity education start? Yes. Varsity really education. Yes. Um, so after, you know, getting a position at the other salon I was at maybe about a year or so in, they had open auditions to be a John Paul Mitchell systems national educator. Okay. And a couple of people at the salon were already at that point and I was like is this cool like should I do it and I was like well worst case scenario I don't get be it. successful right. I still have a job so right. yeah I'll send it like I don't it's, it's not really a gamble I don't have anything to lose so I was like alright I'll go to the audition I went through the audition process and I'm like okay tryouts was terrifying you get successful boom okay now you're a national educator and at this point I'd been working at the salon and Clinton worked there part time. So we we're like, oh yeah, cool, we can relate. Like we kind of grew up in the same music scene, mm-hmm. was a similar age, like listen to the same stuff when we were kids, we're into the same things. So we'd work together and we'd like turn our chairs together. So it was like a four person conversation, <laughs> like it. just hanging out. And we're like, dude, that looks awesome. And he's like, no, yours looks awesome. And it was like, that looks great. And the yeah. clients are like, I love it. Like gassing them up and totally. stuff. Totally. So we kind of established a friendship and we started doing stuff and he worked for Palmer to the school. Okay. So I was an educator for the company and he was an educator for the school. And I went through kind of teaching and doing some stuff and I taught locally, taught nationally, taught internationally, and we still had a friendship through the whole thing. Like, oh dude, what you're doing is cool, what you're doing is cool. Like and people started they knew that we all hung out and they're like, Okay, when are you guys gonna teach a class? And we're like, What? Like you want a class from just us? Like we teach for these companies and they're like, No, like yeah, we're gonna like learn how to cut hair from you guys. I don't know like let's let's try it and so we chatted the I first class it. we ever taught was so that we could pay for clinton to go to an event in vegas which i was already going to yeah like, let's do this class to raise money to like pay for your ticket oh see you're a good friend and so we did that I'm like that was sweet and so and people give us money for it yeah i was like we made some money like that's cool and it was never a money thing for us but um we always equate it to like say um, one person plays for a band and the other person plays for a band and then you start a side project mm. and that side project is like your passion project you want to protect it and you yeah. want to control it and you want to like pour into it and have like the ability to steer it whatever direction you want you know because we're such a small ship in a big ocean compared to like a big corporate company is like yeah. trying to turn the Titanic yeah. like you can't make changes like we can it's like two dudes on a jet ski right. you know? <laughs> so not that we've ever ridden a jet ski together, but I'm not I, against it. Yeah. Um, so it kind of grew, and then we had, like, let's, let's do a workshop, you know, like, and let's have put a name on it, and let's do, develop some systems and some coaching and, like, like how we teach haircutting. And then we got approached by uh, Mizutani Scissors. They're like, we want to partner with you guys and wow. make, make a scissor. So we have our own scissor with Mizutani, which is great. That's great. They support us. We're on their education team as well. And so we... You know, a lot of things have grown. We led like 20 some odd classes last year. We've traveled all over the place. We've done like IBS. We've done ISSE. We've done all these big hair shows, main stage. As your own company. Yeah. That's yeah. so rad. And we've done it with the boys like James and Ben and yeah. Aaron and stuff. And so it's not even a corporate company. They've like, you know, just us. So we've taught hands-on classes. We've taught everything. And 
So it's something that we really love and we're like pouring into it. And every time we do an event or a class, we just meet up afterward, we download and we're like, okay, how can we do it better? We literally rip the whole thing apart and put it back together and try and improve it every time. So him and I relate on a lot of different things and we're a good balance mm -hmm. where we have different perspectives, but also like one balances the other. That's like, I think why we create like good content that people relate to yeah. is, and we're, our goal is to just be on a, unapologetically ourselves, you know, and like authentic, whether it be in person or social media, whatever that interaction is, we want it to be real and genuine. So I think that that's why we're able to have such a positive impact on people because yeah. when they take one of our classes or workshop, we want to make sure that they leave with the skills to recreate whatever they want, but also like a positive impression about hair, about the industry from us to, to really push them to grow. And I think that's one thing we're passionate about is like really growing hairdressers to really be successful and I mean for us it's it's so fun like we love it we literally you love can it. tell you guys love it yeah and we it's, have so much yeah, fun yeah like, I think that we try and make it a really enjoyable environment but also educational at the same time yeah so it's the balance between the two but it, it, it works out good and it's been a fun project we've been doing varsity I think creeping up on like two years and uh kind of a crappy thing is we don't even have a real website and we've booked all these classes so we're not even like legit well, uh, a website doesn't make you legit it does make it easy for people to find you but social yeah. media is a free marketing platform yeah, so you're, you're like, good yeah and i have somebody a, if you want she's yeah, amazing i was yeah, like she could turn it around yeah it kind of just grew faster than we thought it snowballed and we like had to catch up we had like 15 classes booked and no website and we're like what's happening we're taking money through paypal and venmo like on our personal accounts and we're like this is not legit that's a good problem to have though yeah yeah so what is your plan and vision for the uh company for varsity mm -hmm. i think for us it's it's to grow and like we want to continue to create content we want to continue to create workshops and and have environments that people can come be a part of yeah so with the new salon space we've got the square footage to host classes and we keep the classes small mm -hmm. so we do no more than 12 and so that we can really make sure people get what they need right. out of the class they get tools that. and stuff so we're we're trying to grow that and have a positive impression on the industry and mm -hmm. hairdressers so uh, as long as we can continue to do that we'll be happy campers you know for us it's not it's never been about like money or fame or anything like that we're like dude we just want to like have people tell us like oh my gosh i loved your class so much and i learned so much and everything in that class i use every day and yeah like, that's great i don't care about anything yeah. else Mission like, accomplished yeah like that's what I, I want is i want that and uh if we can continue to have that impression then i'm more than ecstatic well so. we've written your mission vision statement there you go <laughs> put that down yeah and and it's that kind of love i think for the industry that i don't know i don't know that a lot of people have i think there's a good amount of people who do feel strongly like that but i do feel like there's a good chunk of people who just do it as a job yeah and nothing's wrong with either one but i do think when you're working in a creative space this is one of those times where when you can get yourself around people that vibe like you do about what we do then it changes your perspective on that and it allows you to open your mind to maybe providing other ways that you can share the work because you know when the pandemic first started i had started those brunches where i was having people in person and I'm selfishly I'd started that for myself because I wanted to be around other hairdressers yeah. and what I noticed when we first got shut down I tried to take them virtual and we were talking about this earlier um, was that people weren't ready to talk about pivoting people weren't interested in other things or yeah. other ways to do this business yeah. and I think my point on having people realize the success they can have in this industry is opening up to ideas of trying other things like maybe teaching or yeah. doing anything other than just being stuck behind the chair because as much as that's super fun and a lot of times it's your bread and butter like this has shown us this time right now that if you don't have options like you could be fucked yeah so to create those options is like really what you want to open yourself up to that was something like yeah in the beginning i felt like people weren't open to but now i want to say six months later people are open to it i think the new question is like what do people need right now and i feel like if you can ask yourself that like what else am i good at like you just you just built a whole new salon out like someone could have like could have paid you to do that Could, right couldn't have picked a worse time yeah. to do it either <laughs> when it was 120 oh is that why or what and middle you of don't the know pandemic true true yeah. like and i'm like well if we can like survive this storm and weather this storm then i can pretty much do anything yeah you know that was my thought going well, into it and that's social proof that just gives you and that gives you personal proof that like 
you do the right thing. You do what you know you want to do, no matter when it could open. Yeah. And the universe was like, oh, it's done? Oh, okay. We can open. Yeah, like, it was like, literally like, could not have been more perfect timing. Like, And I think that for us, it was, uh, you know, you talk about pivoting. And yeah. that was for us, like, okay, what's next? Like, yeah. What do we do? And I look back at my friend Adam. He's got a quote that he always relies on. It's evolve or dissolve. Evolve and, or dissolve. And that's what you're seeing a lot of people do. Like some yeah. salons that didn't evolve, whether it be through this pandemic or just in general, yeah. don't exist anymore. Right or companies or businesses it's like you've got to be able to like adapt and overcome and it's just another speed bump and as long as as long as you're like solution orientated and you're like making your passion a purpose i think you'll be successful and i think people have different passions like you said some people have passions to like have a certain lifestyle so they look at like hey how do i make some money right right right. and i think that's awesome i i will applaud every person that's like that massively financially successful hairdresser i'm like that's freaking sweet right but i think for me it was never and probably because of my lifestyle growing up as a kid it was never about like a, a monetary thing i was like well if i can live like that so like, you, know, you like, can be happy and yeah, wake up every day wanting to do what you like, do yeah like that was great and and for me it didn't take much yeah you know, I'm, a, I'm a pretty simple character so i didn't, it didn't take much and it still doesn't you know yeah I live a pretty simple lifestyle. Well, we so. share we share a passion for fitness too, so that's another yeah. reason why I always been a fan too. Yeah, because that's a huge component of what I feel like has made me successful in my business as mm-hmm. far and and in life in general. But um, t- tell us a little bit about your routine. Do you have like a, a ritual routine where like every day is the same, or like how do you uh, fill your cup back <laughs> up? No, every I feel like I ride this fine line between like multitasking and chaos. Oh, okay. It's like right in the middle. Yeah. Like sometimes I, I, I have a feeling people are resonating. Yeah. It's like that. a little bit it, <laughs> any given day. It could be one or the other yeah. or some fine balance tightrope between. So, um, as far as like my passion fitness, that's one thing that Clinton and I relate on too, is like, we're both into it. Like, that's yeah. cool. Like I, you know, I just want to basically my thought was like, I want to be able to fall down and get up for the rest of my life. Mm. I want to like be able to wipe my own butt forever. And if I can't do that, release me into the wild and let nature run its course. Because yeah. at that point, I'm not contributing to society. Like, let me go. So I, uh, you know, back in my prime, my prime, I say, I was probably like 275. I probably weighed 275 pounds. No. Yeah. In this prime, mean like you were like bodybuilding prime no, or like, oh, okay. I was fit. Really? You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's thick. How size, tall are you? I'm like 6'1". Okay. So I was wearing like a size 40 pant, double XL t-shirt, like snug as a bug. No like shit. 40 pant, no pants, no belt. No, like but, I no was p- like, <laughs> suck it in, button it, you know? And uh, I, I uh, you know, was into like lifting weights and stuff in high sure. school. You know, you had weightlifting for PE and like going to bench and eat a burrito. And yes. And pumped, you know? Like getting huge, yeah. you know? And I got huge, man. I was eating whole pizzas, just crushing it. And, uh, I hit a point where, you know, my entire life, I was the big kid. Mm. My grandma was like, you're just big bones. You know, I was like, I was a fat kid. Like, what do you mean? Don't lie to me. You know, I was a kid that jumped out the pool in my white t-shirt, suction cup to my body, Yeah. you know, yeah. hands like this because I was embarrassed. And, you know, I hit a certain age where maybe like 10 years ago when I moved back from Colorado and I started working in the salon, I'm like, dude, I need to, I don't want to be the big kid anymore. Like, and when I moved back, I lived with my brother because he had a big fat house and my niece and nephew were there. I was like, I want to be one of the kids. He's like, I want to get in shape. You want to do T90X with me? I was like, all right, like, I'll do that. Yes. He's like, we got to get up really early because I work. And I was like, okay. So we're doing P90X in the living room like 4 a.m. Like lifting our leg over a chair and yes. stuff. And we were doing all Oh, that. I remember P90X. And, and his wife was like pumped. Like she said, oh, I'll weigh your food for you. Like I'll prep all your meals for you. And I was like, you're a legend, you know? Cause she, what she a loves game doing changer for you though. Yeah, you had so, like a personal trainer and a chef. Yeah, I was watching <laughs> videos. And I was like, yeah, we're doing the upper body circuit today. It's Tuesday. We had it all mapped out. Yes. It was great. And so we did heaps of that. And like, I lost some weight. Like I was probably down like 40 or 50 pounds. So I was probably That's like a lot. 240 to 230, something like that. Yeah. And so then I was like, all right, well, P90X is 90 days. So I'm like, oh, I'm done with that, you know? <laughs> And then by this time I moved down to San Diego and I was like, you know, working in the salon. So I was like, I can't work out with my brother all the time. So 24 hour fitness was like a mile from my house. And I was like, all right, I'll just run there every day and then work out and then run home. I'll just work out in the morning. I won't do P90X, but I'll, I'll have like days where I got a routine and I'll watch what I eat. And so 
I got kind of educated and like aware of mm-hmm. what I was putting in my body and what I was doing and how that impacted me. And I, I was like, okay, cool. So I was getting a, getting healthy and I'd run to the gym, I'd work out, I'd come home, I'd run home and then I'd go to work and that was like my life. So I got down to like, I don't know, two, I kind of floated right around like 225, something like that. And about half, when I was still going to the gym, about halfway between my house and 24 Hour Fitness, um, a new gym opened. It was called the Hillcrest Athletic Club. Okay. And I was like, they got CrossFit. And I was like, I remember my friend Tom talking about CrossFit when I was in high school. He's like, you should do it. I was like, that's lame. That's like dumb stuff. And he's a firefighter. And he like, he's in shape. What would he know? He's probably my most handsome friend. So my friend Tom, if you're listening to this or watching, you're my most handsome friend. So if you tell me it's going to work, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I'm like, they got a free week. I'm going to sign up. So I signed up for CrossFit. I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm going to get a membership. Got a membership. I was like, going every day. I was like, this is great. This is cool. I felt like, to me, it was it was the right environment, the right recipe, the right ecosystem for me to, like, be passionate about what I was doing. It was, yeah. like, mildly competitive. And it was, like, short, intense. And you could, like, push yourself to the limit and go home. And I think that environment allowed me to, like, push a little bit farther rather than working out by myself. Yeah, for sure. So... I did that and then they were remodeling the bathroom so then I switched gyms because I was like they were closed for a while I was like I gotta switch gyms I gotta still go so I switched to a gym down here kept going for about six more months and I was like this is awesome like, I love this like I the cool thing to me was that I was learning new things mm-hmm. because it's constantly varied so you're learning one day you might be learning some gymnastic stuff you might be learning some barbell movements so everything was different and yeah. I was like oh I'm learning how to do something I got a passion for learning. So to me, I was like, how do I learn new things? And how do I get better at that thing? Yes. So I did that for a bit. And then I was like, you know what could make me better was if I went to the level one coaching thing. Mm. So then I went to that. That they were offering for the te- like to teach? No, like CrossFit Organ- HQ had like a level one coaching thing oh, that you wow. could go to to get certified got to it. coach CrossFit. And I was like, I'm going to do that because if I go to that, it's going to make me better at these things that they do every day. I was like, I don't, I didn't have a passion to coach. I was like, I just wanted to learn more. Right. You know, I got the handbook. I was like highlighting, doing notes as a test involved. I was like, this is cool. Like that, that let's just pause for a second. That little takeaway, like you had no intention to teach it, Uh -uh. but you wanted to be better. And I think if you knew what the teachers knew, you thought that would make you better. And it probably did make you better and more aware. Yeah. That just goes like, that just goes to show. And that's just like pointing that out to relate to our industry too. Like you don't necessarily have to become an educator but there are educational systems that you can yeah. go train under. You can spend money to invest to become a better hairdresser in, in general. So that that's a good, like, that resonates hard. And it was like what I did in beauty school. Yeah. Buying DVDs. Right. Like, how do I get more stuff? I need more. I need more. So I went, I did that, took my test, got successful. And I didn't tell anyone at the coach or at the gym. And they're like, someone told someone, because I was talking about it. They're like, Lucas has his L1, dude. Make him coach. And I was like, I can't coach. Like, I was like, I'm not a coach. Because in my head, I'd established that in order to teach people to do things, you had to be better than they were. Mm. And then one of the owners of the gym was like, dude, you should coach. And I was like, I can't. Like, I'm not good at this stuff. They're like, do you think the coach of the Lakers could be any one of those players on the team? And I was like, whoa, you're right. Yeah. He's like, it's a set of eyes. It's like, if you know how to coach, you're a good coach. You don't have to be an expert at the movement. So you don't have to to be the best hairdresser in the world to become an educator? No, no. You have to find what you have to offer and how you can influence people in a positive way. Yeah. So whether that be technical or whether that be motivational, but a business, verbiage, whatever it yes. is, like you have to find what what you have to offer. Yeah. And so he's like, look, like you're a talented person. You've taught people for years on how to cut hair. This is no different. You're teaching people how to move through space. You teach people how to move through space. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And so I've been coaching CrossFit now there for like a year. I wow. coach once a week. Um, that it just works with my schedule. Yeah. I love it. I can pour into the members. I know the members' names. I'm like, yeah, how's that going? You know, check in with them. So to me, it was one more thing to add to my quality of life that was like rewarding and, and gratifying for me to like ha- another opportunity to have a positive influence on people and yeah. have them help them have these discoveries. You know, I was doing it in the hair industry, like having these aha moments where mm-hmm. they're like, oh my gosh, this was great, and never forget it. And same thing at the gym is like I'm able to do that and. I think through that, it's just like fueled my passion more. So then I'm like, okay, how do I get good? How do I get good? How do I get good? And, you know, fast forward to now through the pandemic, like gyms were closed. Yeah. But um, luckily I had some friends that had access to equipment and like I would train with them who were like 
freak athletes and would train for like three hours a day. So okay. I didn't have anything to do. Yeah. I didn't have work to do. Like I was like, make a video once a week. Yeah, I tried. To, I was like, where are you working now? He's like, top secret gym. I was yeah. like, so I can't get an invite. I'm like, yeah. So we were training it because my friend was like training for competitions. Wow. Yeah. Competitions. Yeah. So he's like, I got to train. So you can come with me. I was like, okay. Hell yeah. So I just got my ass handed to me every day for like three hours. And then naturally pandemic ends. Everyone comes back to the gym. They're like, what's up? What's up? What's up? And they're like, Lucas, dude, you're a freak, dude. When did you get good at this stuff? And I was like, oh, I've just been training every day. You know? Yeah. And they had like some Rocky style shit. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm dark lights. Don't turn the lights on. <laughs> yeah. Lock the door. Close the blinds. They're like, you have a 19 pack. Yeah. What? It was like, and to me, I was like, that's cool. And I was like, okay, now how can I pay that back to the community mm. that I'm a part of? And like, how can I help these people like have these discoveries and like have these moments where they're like, God, this is awesome. I want them to look at situations and be like, that was great. Or yeah. leave a class and be like, that was so fun and great. And I got a great workout and like, sweet, you know? Like, so yeah, it's a, it's been weird. I never thought I'd be that guy. And yeah. I, I, some people don't what even know that. What does that guy mean? What I don't does that even know. Mean? What does that even, even mean? Know. I just like, like I said, I just want to be healthy. I want to make yeah. life easier. Well, like, you know, do you see, it's such a, so do you see how I only interview people that I really, I mean, a lot of people that I resonate with, but that's a selfish reason why I started this podcast. I just want to share with you guys is that is one of my most favorite things because I became a personal trainer probably, I don't know, six or seven years after I started doing hair too, based off a friend who I started training with. So same sort of similar experience. And it's the same interaction with those clients at the gym as it is with clients that leave the chair is like they're happier when they leave yeah right they, they enjoy the experience but they're so happy when they leave so it's they, they're very similar yeah and what's interesting is when i created beauty inspires beauty i wanted it to be for health and beauty mm-hmm. professionals but hairdressers are like my people so i knew i wanted to like pour into this industry as much as i could because yeah. this is what like raised me but it's such a similar industry with, with the give and take of like making people feel good and just holding that space for them. Yeah. And I love what your that guy said to you about being able to hold space because that's truly what makes I think someone an exceptional anything, but especially a coach or a stylist or anybody that you're exchanging energy with. Because at the end of the day, like money is an exchange of energy for me. So I feel like that's one of the things I'm trying to elevate too with our industry is w- realizing your worth to yeah. stuff. So. Um, I would love to jump in with you guys when you're doing education up there to talk like the business side of stuff with yeah. people or just the the mindset portion of it. Yeah. Because I think anyone who's investing time and money in their education for technical skills also needs, I'm sure you guys do this as well, but needs that push to believe that they're worthy to then charge more or that they're becoming more Absolutely. of an elevated stylist. So that's my hope for this industry is to team up with people like you guys to, to bring that to our community. Um, but would, would you say that like fitness has become such a, integral part of your life like it makes you just like a better human person too to be able to show up this 100 has a positive impact on yeah. my life like and if a day goes by where i don't I don't get a workout in or something something like people around me know yeah they're like you didn't go to the gym today huh? yeah I'm like you know what you're right like yeah to me and i think that we get this question a lot like because our job as hairdressers we take on a lot of emotional stuff like sometimes this is the chair of truth. You sit yeah. down and it's word vomit, the good or bad. Of truth. That's it. I hear stuff from clients in the chair that I never thought I'd even talk about. Or you know damn well like, they're not telling anybody else. Yeah, no yeah, one. Yeah, like, no one. Not else. even their spouses. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Like, you're hearing some stuff. And so to me, it's like emotionally heavy. Mm-hmm. So people are like, do you meditate? Like, how do you find balance? And I'm like, to me, the gym is my meditation. I say the same. It's a movie meditation. People I don't understand Well, it. we can't sit still. I feel like you can't sit no. still either. Yeah, I feel like that's a creative thing. I think, and, I, and I, I guess like you'd have to define the word meditation. Sure. Like to yeah. me, I, if I go to the gym, my brain is shut off. Yep. Nothing else matters except mm. what's right there. And that's like my time to decompress, release stuff, like whatever. And if I don't do it, I'm carrying like two days of baggage. I got to let it go. You know, so to me, and and I used to be the morning gym guy. Yeah. Like 5 a.m. Let's go. Like I need to start my day like this. Then pandemic hits and your schedule gets yeah. all turned. And I'm an afternoon gym guy. Okay. And so like people know the next day, like oh you didn't go to the gym yesterday. Huh? Interesting. Like, oh, shit. Like you can tell I'm kind of yeah. grumpy and like kind of irritable and like just short. in your own head. Just yeah. Like, I'm just like yeah. short and I'm kind of like in a funk, you know. So it's definitely like my my form of meditation, mm-hmm. and I think that. For me, like, I'm never going to tell anyone that they're wrong or anything. Sure. So whatever meditation you want to do to, like, decompress, whatever works for you, I highly encourage finding that. Um, 
and for me it's like going to the gym like, yeah I want to high five my friends and like push my body to the verge of vomit and then go home that's what I want I love like, it I want to burn a thousand calories and then go home and then that's wouldn't it. you say too like do you have any aches and pains from behind the chair because I, I don't really like I feel like because I <laughs> Not train from behind the chair yeah no, no right I think because I train, like, I've been so lucky, like, my hands haven't failed me yeah. at all. My shoulders, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty much, only time I'm tired in the salon is because I've overtrained shoulders or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's never I'm the like other way around. Like, yeah. You know, and e- I, Except for the first week back after pandemic, my feet, I was like, yeah, legs, I don't know if I could do 10 hours straight off the job again. Yeah, I, I came back from pandemic and I'm like, you know what, I only work until 3.30. Yeah. That's just how my body works. Yeah. That's how it is. I work 8 to 3.30. I love it. it. And. You know, but I think for me, I don't, I don't have aches and pains from being behind a chair. And I think because like they say movement is medicine. And I think that if you continue to like move your body through space and do things that are functional to the, to life, then you're good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the reason why people start having challenges with life later on at a later age is because they stopped doing things. Right. You know, why is walking hard? You know, it's like, oh, it's like getting up out of that chair. You didn't get up and down out of chairs enough times. Right. You know, so I think for me, I was like, well, I'm going to keep these wheels greased as long as possible. And when they're not, like, that's it. Well, I find, too, like, because I don't think people admit the two together, but because we do take on so much energy from people and we do take on a lot of conversations that are heavier than maybe some, even, even the lighter conversations carry weight, too. So it's like... I do know a lot of people struggle with, you know, depression, anxiety, some sort of mental, you know, ailment that causes them to have bad days or not be able to function like they should. Um, That's like the best medicine I've ever found, because though you can be and maybe you need to be, I'm not a doctor. I feel like if you don't give yourself the opportunity to move your body to like do that, that's something for me that has kept me mentally strong, too, because I think I would have, for one, been obese to been mentally like (laughs) like stress the fuck out 10 times more than I am but because I can place that hour of my day somewhere like it's a non-fucking negotiable for me like if I don't get like during quarantine during that like my my other half was like yo you need to get into a gym like he's like this isn't cool and I was like I'm like you're right I'm like twitching like it's it's just something it's I say the same exact thing it's like the time the only time my brain can shut off yeah And I can focus on what, like, I'm feeling. Yep. I got to be in this space right now. Nothing else matters. And that's, like, to me, that's my form of meditation. And it doesn't have to be, like, you don't have to be crazy CrossFit or train. Like, I don't train like I used to, but even just a walk. Like, a walk in the morning or at night, like... Yeah. something or even just i lay i roll around on the floor and do my yo- my fake yoga or whatever it yeah. is like and if you do yoga or like meditate close your eyes get into space like whatever it is like you yeah. gotta find something totally. because in our industry like at some point if you're not shedding some of that baggage like there's going to be a breaking point yeah you're going to hit some kind of burnout yeah. or you're going to be doing unhealthy things to get you through yeah you're going to be making other choices and i think like clinton does talks about this so well he says habits are amoral amoral you can build good ones or bad ones it's like a brick yeah right good habits working on your fitness eating clean eating well being healthy moving your body bad habits smoking tons of cigarettes choosing to use drugs to balance out something whatever whatever and i think that if we get into the direction of building good habits then it's going to be a lot more rewarding than trying to alter these bad habits so i mean i'm trying to like stay in that direction so that I have like a long, fruitful, enjoyable life. Totally. Yeah. I want to be here for the long haul too. Yeah. Yeah. Burn out hot and bright. Yeah. Like I'm oh. not trying to fizzle out. No. I'm burn out hot and bright. <laughs> Just off the cliff and yeah, done. Yeah. I'm trying to ride a jet ski into the sunset. <laughs> like, That's the second quote to a jet ski. Clint, I think you got to get this guy in a jet ski already. One time what? I rode a jet ski from Long Beach to Catalina. Oh. It was terrible. <laughs> Do not recommend. No map, no nothing. Just west and send it. No, you did not. Yeah, it, was, it was gnarly. That's, I felt like I broke my back. It was like so. <laughs> That's going to be another story. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. This yeah, was super fun. Absolutely. So where absolutely. can people find your education if they want to follow you and all the good stuff? Like where um, are you at? The social platforms, everything is Lucas Doney. So it's just my name. So my email is Lucas Doney at Gmail. My Instagram handle is Lucas Doney. My Facebook handle is Lucas Doney. My Twitter handle is Lucas Doney. And then we have Varsity Hair Education on Instagram. Um, and then we share that account with my friend Clinton Norris. Clinton cuts hair. Clinton cuts hair. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you send us a message, we answer 100% of them, and we are just true to the core, and we try and be that way from the beginning, and hope to end that way too. So. Right on. Well, congrats on the new space, salon yeah, thank owner. You. Yeah. This has been fun. Crazy. Um, do you have any last words for anybody thinking about being in the industry? 
who was maybe mm-hmm. let's start with that let's let's do anyone thinking about joining our industry and then i have one more that i want to ask you um anybody that's thinking about joining joining our industry yeah. i think that if you're thinking about it test drive it nothing's permanent and i think for me if you try it out and it doesn't fit try something else totally. you know? and i think that's so easy for us to get caught up in our head about like oh it's not the right fit but you haven't even tried it on yet yeah you know um, so I think that anybody who's looking to join our industry, I would say that's a hard yes for me. Yeah. Um, and if you think it's not the right fit, just looking from a distance, like get into it, talk to some people, connect with people, reach out to people that have a positive influence on you and, and see what they're up to and see what it's about and, um, explore it a little bit. Because I think that once you do, you'll realize that anybody can fit in, in our Ask the right people. Ask people yeah. that are happy still doing what yeah. we're doing. Don't ask, don't, your ask the, don't ask your grandma's hairdresser. <laughs> um, second thing is, anybody, I know you're not here, and you probably won't ever be here because of your mindset and what you have going on, but I know a lot of people that have been in the game as long as me, like 20 years, they hit a point of burnout or they hit a point of like feeling like their time has come. Like, What would you maybe give advice to someone in that situation to get them refocused on how you're feeling about the industry right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, how you get refocused when you hit that burnout point. I think for me, um, I always relate back to thinking about why I signed up for school. Mm-hmm. And granted, yeah, I signed up for peer pressure because they told me to. But then I realized that, you know what, the reason I stuck with it is because you have the ability to make people look good and feel good. And to me, that was the most rewarding thing. Yeah. You know, no very rarely will somebody be forced to go into beauty school for some reason there was a thought there were took some energy some some commitment for you to walk through those doors look at that school and decide this is it yeah so whatever pushed you to that point whether it be creative whether it be having you know touching people whether yeah. it be whatever it may be relate back to that and remind yourself why you did that and i think for me i look at things like that, like hardships, like how I handle hardships. And that's a big, massive hardship that hairdressers run into at a late age, um, you know, in their career. Like maybe they've been in the industry for 15, 20 years and they're like, you know what? I've been in this industry for a while. Like this just feels like a job now. Mm. So then I think about, well, what other things would you want to do? And we're lucky enough to be in an industry where you can do whatever you want. Whatever you want. Literally like that Goosebumps book that I read, Choose Your Own Destiny, turn to page 87. Like that's our career. Like you want to do more of that, do more of that. Yeah. And I think how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you show up and you're passionate about what you're doing, then it's going to have a positive impact on you. Um, and if you don't like it, change it. Yeah. It's that easy. I yeah. think we get stuck that like you can't change it. Like the only box we get stuck in is the one that we put ourselves in. No one else says you can't do that. True. So, I mean, if you want to take more photos and work on photo shoots, do that. Yeah. You want to make more videos, make more videos. You want to do less hair, do less hair. Right. You want to have like five clients, work one day a week. Like you have that Thanks. ability. Thank you. Thank you for the yeah. permission. Yeah. You have Lucas's permission yeah, to do everything like, that I'm you, doing now. Yeah. You don't need like other people's like permission to do those things. You don't. Cool. You don't. And I do think, I think that was something I had a hard time letting go of too, because I love my clients so much was going down to one or two days to do the other things I was interested in, like the coaching, like what else am I good at? How did I get here? How can I like share this love with other people? Because I had felt that way behind the chair. So um, I do have a newfound passion being able to talk to people yeah. like you. And, and you're like, making your passion a purpose. Yeah. It's not easy. This shit's yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. But I think I'm going to expand my comfort zone so I'm still comfortable in the growth. I like that. High five. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. If you guys love this podcast, please let us know. Tag Lucas or I and tell us your favorite takeaways from today. And we'll see you on the next one.